As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you're relying on something else other than your usual cure for what ails you to help you take on a day, especially on a Tuesday. Oh, my God. Tuesday's just that day. It's Monday's ugly sister. I always say Tuesday's worse than Monday because you don't have that. It's not like you gird up your loins and go into battle on a Tuesday the way you do on a Monday. And it's not that moment of triumph that you get on a Wednesday. And it's not that, oh, my God, oh, the race to the finish line that is the weekend is on that you get on a Thursday. And it's not that effort. It's Friday feeling you get when you know your boss is checked out early and there's no workplace productivity expectations being placed on you. Can you, you can basically drink that company coffee and surf porn on company servers until five o'clock on a Friday rolls around. Now, now, Tuesday. Tuesday's just that day of the week where it all seems interminable, like there's no end in sight. Like, how am I possibly, possibly ever going to get through this? The week will never end. So what do you do in those situations on a day where the coffee fails you? Or it's a Tuesday, or even worse, like it is in my particular first world problems. Even worse, like it is in my particular situation, a Tuesday where the coffee fails you. Well, in those particular situations, you got to get dig deep. You got to look into yourself. You got to figure out who you are and how that is vital to this world continuing to turn. And maybe, maybe that sense of meaning and that sense of purpose will propel you where coffee has failed. I'm giving that a go today. If you're struggling today, why don't you do the same thing? Think about what it is you do. Maybe you stay at home. Maybe you're an integral part of a family. Maybe you have a role in some place of business. Maybe you run some place of business. Maybe people depend on you. Maybe people look to you for instruction. Whatever the case may be, if you are a productive member of our society, chances are, in some way, shape, or form, you are making the world go around in your own little way, in your own little corner of the universe. You are fulfilling a vital role. You are an integral piece of society's puzzle. And you do these things that, especially on a Tuesday where the coffee doesn't work, can make you feel like, oh, God, what's the point of anything? done this all before it's miserable it's just an interminable work week and it's all gonna oh god and it's easy to get that way on a tuesday but when the coffee fails me 
I find the best way to potentially overcome that particular feeling, that sense of despair that sinks in when caffeine is not your friend, is to think about who you are, what you do, who you're special to, why you're special to them, what role you fulfill in making the world go around. Look to that, and it may just make up for the fact that the coffee didn't work today.
Radio shines the spotlight on Peter Frampton. In 1975, the release of Frampton gave the world a taste of what was to come. The album went to 32 in the U.S. charts and went gold. This was followed up in 1976 with the very successful live album, Frampton Comes Alive, recorded at San Francisco's famed Winterland. The resulting publicity and multi-million dollar grossing tour made Peter Frampton an international superstar and launched three hit singles, Do You Feel Like We Do, Baby I Love Your Way, and Show Me The Way. Listening to iHeartRadio for more Peter Frampton and all your favorite artists. iHeartRadio goes one on one with Bob Seeger to discuss his favorite process for developing new songs. The way I do it, I, I, I sing into an ADAT machine, which has about 40 minutes. I might fill up two or three of them. Then I just go away, come back the next day, and listen to what I did. If there's nothing there, I start again. But I might hear one chord change, I might hear one thing I mumbled lyrically and say, oh, Oh, I never even caught that when I did it. You know, it's like just totally a free-form thing, almost a jazz thing. And sooner or later, you know, a, a, a structure, of a chord structure or a, a phrase or the way I sang something, something jumps out at me and it becomes the germ for a song, you know? And that's really fun. Keep listening to iHeartRadio for more Bob Seger and all your favorite artists. Hey. Is that really necessary? Hey, is that really necessary? <laughs> I don't think so. One, two, three, and she steps to me with the blinged out child. Fake can silicone for a mile. But hey, I ain't impressed with this. She makes the dirty dot com or maybe once or twice a guest list. Got no talent, but she wants to be on TV. She's a model and an actress, just some things you ain't ever seen. Look over there, it's a guy who makes a wide eyed, rocking the affliction. Jim Tam addiction. For people like these, I'm seeing that orange is the new black. A guest pass who is tanning bed is guaranteed to put her on her back. These chicks with the big fake cans, fake tans, big plans on that steroid man. He front like a millionaire but makes 30 grand Spends most of that paper on the gym and the tan Can't make the rent, can't make the grade He couldn't pay the bills but got Versace shades Now he's broke as a joke so to feel like a man He gets that HGH and takes a shot in the ass Hey, is that really necessary? Hey, is that really necessary? Hey, is that really necessary? Cause all the silicone is making you look kinda scary Hey, is that really necessary? Hey, is that really necessary? In my bathroom, on my phone, from my MySpace, which, by the way, is so coming back. So I shoot myself from above and then crop out my huge ass. I guess if Snooki can do it, then so can you, no doubt. As long as you want to be the skank that gets knocked the hell out, I guess it's kind of worth it if you're in it for the fame. Who needs a real job or self-worth or real friends anyway? You want to be the one to try and get it done. Being famous for doing nothing, yeah, I guess it looks like fun. But bear in mind you're trying to be the next Heidi Montag. A plastic-looking fake-ass suicidal freaking hoe bag. This is the 80s show on iHeartRadio. 
You know, often on this show, by way of a ha-ha or a hee-hee or a joke or a bit of satire, we'll say, we'll add the tagline, because we tackle the big issues on this show. Like, I don't know. You can make 20000 extra dollars a year just by walking around. We'll discuss how later, because we tackle the big issues on this show. Oh, by the way, that's a true story. That's a guy in Florida. A guy in Florida made $20,000 over a seven-year period of just walking around and picking up change. See a penny? Pick it up. All day long, you'll have good luck. He did that during his daily walk for, like, I think it was 10 years. Made $20,000 in loose change. That's how that gets done. 20 Gs in loose change. This is definitely the guy I'm getting stuck behind at Coinstar. That said... We make jokes on this show about, like, anytime we cover something that's a little light or fluffy, we're like, because <laughs> we tackle the big issues on this show. Today in the show, the political discourse over Uber, because, you know, we tackle the big issues. Although, here's the weird thing. Uber and Lyft and ride-sharing apps like that have become kind of sort of intensely politicized. This is something that's getting entirely more airtime than I feel like it deserves from presidential hopefuls like Hillary Clinton. People are debating. People are debating. They can't stop stop talking about it. Hillary's attacking Uber. Republicans support it. Anyways, we'll get into that a little later on in the show. Right now, though, let's check out the events of today in our segment, My Witness News, in no way, shape, or form, fair, certainly not balanced. Tweet super producer to the stars, Barry Funkhauser at FunkFM. Tweet me at ADSXE. Funkhauser, how are you, and what is going on in the world? Things are good, man. Nothing you, new to uh, report here. The, did you watch the ESPYs last night? You know, I tried to get through it. I saw the big Caitlyn Jenner uh, uh, half-hour piece inside of the ESPYs. It, it uh, was probably the longest thing I've ever seen in an, in an award show ever. You know, but it was the first time they ever broadcasted the ESPYs. I that's guess because and, you never saw the time I dropped trout at the Grammys. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was a snooze fest, snooze fest yeah. and a half, man. But I'm not a sports. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, you, you know, know sports goes sports. Sports. <laughs> uh, man. Um, I thought it was interesting that it's the ESPY Awards and it was on ABC. Like, eh, okay. <laughs> You're not going to, okay, fine, <laughs> just, sure. They got, the re- they got the replay. Right. <laughs> uh, anyways, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of the ESPYs and what happened when uh, Caitlyn Jenner got her award. She got the Courage Award, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later, too, as well as Uber becoming overly p- politicized. What, what else? Uh, the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts has announced their 2015 honorees, and the list includes Carol King and the Eagles. Mm, Carol King and the Eagles. So... Go on about your day, anyone under the age of 55. This doesn't concern you. Go on. You mean bald eagles? Uh, <laughs> today is Emmy nomination day. Oh, or as anyone with the last name Kardashian knows it, Thursday. Continue. Sinead O'Connor has criticized Rolling Stone magazine for putting Kim Kardashian on the cover. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, okay, rock and roll is dead. Who would have thought it would have been Rolling Stone that killed it? And she brings up a valid point. But um, 
Well, other things that irritate Sinead O'Connor, sunshine, puppies, and days of the week, and, and why. She's, uh, she's a bit of a malcontent, is Sinead O'Connor. I think she could find something to be irritated with in any situation. There's some people that are like that. I'm not giving her a hard time for being like that. I, uh, I, I, I think Funkhauser, I think you, you've got it figured out. You're that, uh, you're that glass half full guy. Sure. You're not getting upset or bent out of shape about anything. I could wake up one morning to have found that I'd grown a set of horse genitalia. I could have grown. I could wake up one morning and find that I've grown horse genitals and had the winning Powerball ticket in my hand, and I still would find something to complain about. Like it's just, it's just a thing. I think it's a state of mind. There's some people that are just malcontent. It's not doesn't mean you can never be happy, but it means that something's always good. You know what it is? Something's always irritating to me. Do you do you spend most of your day irritated, Funkhauser? Yeah, until I gave up caring. Right. See, that's that's you got to throw in the towel in with it. You got to throw the towel in with caring. I guess that's the answer. We should all work on that. Uh, go on. <laughs> uh, the lead singer of Loverboy uh, recently apologized for working for the weekend. Well, I, I disagree with him. I think working for the weekend is a great song. Five o'clock every single radio station across America <laughs> at one point on a Friday. It's a five o'clock whistle. Here we go, everybody. Time Everybody's to go working home. for the weekend. Um, yeah. uh, if people are apologizing, though, for awful musical creations made decades ago, anything you want to say, Justin Bieber's parents? Want care to add anything to the conversation? I think you should. I think you should. Go on. We'll check back with them next year. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes may appear in a new Blade movie. Right. But only if the uh, shoot doesn't conflict with his busy schedule of refusing to pay taxes. Is he out of jail yet? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't Did he ever even go to jail? I think Oh yeah. He got no, the he sentence. Was he was down for his crimes, not the most gangster of crimes. It was uh failing to pay taxes on his movie star millions, willful tax evasion. But uh yeah, no, he uh he did some time in the joint. I wonder what sort of prison they send uh, Wesley Snipes to. Like, you know, because you're an actor, and I don't know anything about prison life, but I would imagine if you have any level of notoriety, people want to take a piece out of you. And also, I mean, there's white-collar crime, tax evasion. So don't they make a point of not trying to mix up people that did some naughty financial stuff with people that would shank you in the shower if you look at them the wrong way? Like, isn't there something like that? With I our, hope so. I think it yeah. depends on the state where you're at. Hmm. Well, Wesley Wesley Snipes might be making his big comeback in a new Blade movie, which I know he did other stuff back in the day, but that's all I can... Oh, no, no, no. He was in White Man Can't Jump. Ah, uh, yes. Another movie I have not seen. Well, um, uh, it, it's worth a watch because there is... Uh, does it stand the, does stand up with time? Is it, does it stand through time? Is it still good? Um, Interestingly, you should bring interesting. You should bring up time with regard to that movie because it captured a point in time known as the late '80s or early '90s. I can't remember which, but it captured a period in time where Rosie Perez was smoking hot, and um, her gigantic knockers were at optimal uh, were, were at an optimal <laughs> point in their existence to be bared on screen, which in fact they were in that film. So, if for no other reason, you should watch that because of Rosie Perez boob. And I know looking at Rosie Perez now, it doesn't necessarily sound like an attractive proposition. But trust me on this. Just watch the movie. 
Okay. Don't watch the TV version then, huh? No. It's, no. Absolutely not. Be um, like watching the TV version of Woman in Red. Oh, <laughs> uh, wore out the pause button on my parents' VCR with that one. All right, go on. Ben Affleck recently bought a $65,000 sports car. Oh. Reportedly after being challenged to do the single most cliche thing ever for a middle-aged dude going through a divorce. $65,000. I wonder, $65,000. What, what sports car can you get for $65,000? Because, you know, somebody that has as much cash as him. It doesn't seem super expensive, does it? A Toyota Tercel. I'm Batman. Uh, let's see. $65,000. Probably well, a Google, Tesla, I would assume. Maybe. Something like you, that. Uh, if you Google $65,000 sports car. Oh, look. Motor Trend has the the top seven quickest 0-60 to 60 sports cars in, uh, for under $65,000. Chevy Camaro. Mitsubishi Lancer. <laughs> I would laugh my balls off if uh, in the throes of his midlife crisis and divorce, Ben Affleck bought a Mitsubishi Lancer. Uh, go on. Uh, teens are taking pictures of themselves licking donuts to show solidarity with Ariana Grande. Right. Also to remind us how stupid teenagers are. But go on. Uh, someone is taking is selling a backdoor love toy in the shape of Donald Trump. <laughs> a backdoor uh, love toy. Yeah, it's a it's a Trump Trump marital aid designed specifically to go in those hard to reach places. Uh, yeah, the Donald Trump backdoor love toy. Kind of hard to take out, though. I mean, Donald can't even get his head out of his own butt. How's he supposed to get it out of yours? Go on. Uh, the Trump filed paperwork claiming he's <laughs> worth $10 billion. Yeah. Meanwhile, his presidential campaign is worth more than twice that to the Democrats. Nevertheless, <laughs> it has its own value. Go on. A new study shows that your smartphone can tell if you're depressed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I heard about this. I wonder how it works. I would imagine the phone uses, like, a system algorithm that counts the number of cat photos you have. <laughs> uh, it's easy, though. If your uh, provider's Boost Mobile, you're depressed. <laughs> Metro you PCS, made, you're doing just you fine. You've made yes. poor decisions. Go on. Uh, a New York cop was fired for throwing semen on a female co-worker. You know, I heard some porn stars talking about this. You did? Where'd you hear that? On Twitter um, or something? No, no. I think it was on Howard Stern. And oh. it wasn't this specific instance of the New York cop. But um, this one girl said um, she uh, she enjoyed the finishing move of the Spider-Man. And that's <laughs> when like a guy takes it and throws it in your face. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this New York cop was fired for throwing semen on a female coworker. Once again, proving that age-old adage, a code that I try to live by, nothing good happens when you bring semen to work. <laughs> like, if you're thinking of taking some, bear this in mind. Nothing good will come of this, so to speak. Go on. <laughs> a Florida woman beat up her boyfriend after catching him watching porn. Uh, and a related story from here on in. Every time I turn on my laptop, I'm going to be strapping on body armor. Oh, my God. What kind of relationship do you have to have where you 
get beat up for watching porn. I, you know, like if you found someone that you really, really loved, like that you were all set to, you know, shack up with, and her one stipulation was not that she'd beat the crap out of you, because then you have a whole other set of problems. But if she had the stipulation that I don't like it when you watch porn, you can't watch porn. If she forbid you from watching porn, do you think that could still be a thing that would work? I don't think I, if someone forbid me from watching porn, I don't think I could be with them just because I, I mean, yeah, watching porn is great, but like the type of person that's insecure enough to be like, no, porn will destroy our relationship or make me feel bad. You got a whole other set of problems there, my friend. Boy, you should talk a bunch, but then I've got a hunch. And if I step to you, you back right down, can't see it through your bitch and you're like Kool-Aid. You're just 10% juice. Punk. And I picture my fist smashing through your teeth. And I smile to myself as I watch you start to bleed. And I watch you hit the floor and kick your head in my down. And I make it so you never show your face when I'm so And everything I know is wrong 
get out and everybody leaving Don't you feel there might be more to life than this Don't you feel you might be something you might have missed Don't you wish that you could have brighter days Don't you think that there could be a better way To do more than get through Maybe start living too What could you become if you ever even tried to As the days just fall away You wonder will it always be this way And what is really left you can't believe in Joining in the festivities on Twitter, you can tweet me at ADSFC. You can tweet Super Producer to the Stars Barry Funkhauser at FunkFM. I got a tweet from longtime listener, many time tweeter Roy Shelton, who said he's exposing his wife to me and Funk this morning for the first time. This should be fun. Let's have a look. See, oh wow. Uh, let me let me just tell you, Roy. Well done. Entirely too hot for you. Good job. Thank you for giving goofy-looking guys like me and Funkhauser hope. Uh, well played. You must have uh, <clears throat> quite the personality. Good job, Roy. Roy also brought up that. Uh, <laughs> Roy also brought up that we forgot that the Pope annoys Sinead O'Connor as well, and then asked if it was too soon. I wonder how she feels about this Pope. I think famously in the late '80s or early '90s, Sinead O'Connor went on Top of the Pops and. Uh, took a picture of the Pope out of her bra or something and, and tore it up uh, on stage. And it was a huge amount of international outrage and all this sort of stuff. Hey, that uh, El Chapo guy, the, uh, the Mexican drug dealer, the Mexican drug lord, he's still out and about doing his thing. I don't think they've caught him yet. There's now footage of uh, the drug kingpin El Chapo changing his shoes right before his escape. Yeah. Apparently, authorities didn't notice El Chapo was lacing up a pair of Nike tunnel runners. <laughs> mm. It's a special brand they have. That El Chapo is quite a character. Photos surfaced recently of El Chapo drinking a beer and flying a plane after, after his escape. Yeah. Drinking a beer and flying a plane. Sounds to me like we've got a new most interesting man in the world. <laughs> He brings up a valid point. All right, Funkhauser, let's uh, roll through what remains of the news, and then we'll get into the hot-button political issue of the day, Uber. I kid you not. Hillary's feuding. Uh, Hill Dog's feuding <laughs> with Republicans Hill about dog. this. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> uh, go on. A company is developing bubble wrap that uh, cannot be popped. Yeah, trust me. People think you're developing bubble wrap that can't be popped. Trust me. UPS will find a way. <laughs> UPS will definitely find a way, especially when I'm using it to ship glassware. I, uh, I don't think that's a thing. Go on. Uh, Kuwait, that little tiny country, 
mm. is uh, instituting a mandator- mandatory DNA test for all its residents. <laughs> mandatory DNA test for all residents of Kuwait. A law that I would imagine was put into the country's uh, put into place by the country's new president, Mori Povich. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the father. Go on. I need glasses. A uh, Pennsylvania man was found drunk and naked in a hog barn. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit on the show the other day. This guy was uh, paralytically drunk, out of his mind, uh, naked in a barn full of hogs. Now, here's the thing. He had a plausible excuse for the whole situation. He was like, oh, I just really like hogs. I'd much rather have you know a bunch of beers with uh, in the company of pigs than I would in the company of humans. You understand that. And, you know, I kind of do understand that. Not the whole nuding up part, but I often say I'd rather spend time with my dog than a human being. So there's that. Yeah. So it sounds vaguely, it sounds like it could hang together in a court of law if he was to use that excuse that he was up to no, that he wasn't up to any wrongdoings. But as it turns out, he'd been caught in this hog barn before doing untoward things to the hogs while drunk and he'd been banned for banned from it. He, uh, <laughs> as we said on the show yesterday, he got caught because someone squealed. Uh, and he's been charged with two counts of impersonating a Floridian. <laughs> uh, man. We like Florida, so, though, don't uh, we? Do, do what now? We like Florida, though, don't we? We're good with Florida. Oh, we love Florida. I mean, Florida is like, you know what? Even, uh, it's funny, even... Uh, even some friends of mine in Florida that are on the radio out there have their own sort of like because Florida section. It's like they've gloriously embraced the fact that unusual things happen. I think the swampier the swampier the area of Florida, the uh, the more off kilter some of the goings on gets. I've got a friend that lives in Florida and they were just like, yeah. It's crazy out here. It's beautiful. It's paradise. And then there's a whole bunch of crazy going on, which keeps it interesting. So, uh, yeah, we like Florida. Have you spent much time there, Funkhauser? Zero. Oh, time. really? No, I've never been over Man, nope. I used to go to Florida like twice a year. It's great. I mean, like, well, actually, when I, uh, when, when I was in a band, Florida was like a big deal for, for the band. We would, uh, we would go out there and play, and there was a station called WJRR in Orlando and, and we played we played a couple of their festivals and they, they were experiences that I will absolutely never forget like the crowds were incredible in Florida the shows were incredible in Florida and then also one of those shows we were opening up for Creed and uh, <laughs> I, I mean I don't what, mean to laugh I, I'm sure no 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 no, no. I laugh too because I was like gee that uh, that guy the one that gets out on stage and acts like he's on a cross with the sort of Jesus-y haircut going on, the Creed singer guy, that that dude, her, her, I was like, he sure is uh, apparently out of his mind on booze and heroin for someone that's the new Messiah. That seems a little contradictory to uh, to the whole cause. And uh, yeah, so you watched the ESPYS last night, bits and pieces, yeah, bits and pieces. Uh, did you see when um, R- Ronda Rousey? Call that Floyd Mayweather Jr. Did you catch that little nug? Uh, So um, I think sometime last year, Floyd Mayweather and Ronda Rousey had a little bit of a back and forth going on because they're they're about the same size. Old Floyd isn't a big dude. And 
I think Ronda Rousey was asked, could you beat Floyd Mayweather if you were to fight him UFC? And she was like, yeah, I probably could beat him because he doesn't know anything about, he's a boxer. He doesn't know UFC. Now, if Floyd were to land a punch, it might be different. But if she were to take him to the ground, I think she could absolutely handle herself. And they asked this, uh, they brought this up to Floyd Mayweather and Floyd Mayweather was like, who? I don't know who that is. What's a Ronda Rousey or something like that? He denied all knowledge of her. Well, um, Ronda Rousey called out Floyd Mayweather Jr. last night during the pre-show for the ESPY Awards. Uh, Ronda Rousey won Best Fighter. She beat out all these other athletes, including Floyd Mayweather Jr. And she took another shot at Floyd being charged with domestic abuse. And it was beautiful. And we'll get to it right after this. Last year, thereabouts, uh, this time last year, thereabouts, 
Ronda Rousey said that she could... Uh, well, there was a little back and forth between Ronda Rousey and Floyd Mayweather Jr. where Ronda Rousey said, you know, if I was going to fight Floyd Mayweather UFC... And she was asked this question. She didn't bring it up. Um, she said, if I was going to ultimately fight him, I, I think I could take him. Um, and uh, Floyd Mayweather's response to it was, who's Ronda Rousey? So last night at the ESPY Awards, when Ronda Rousey... Last night at the ESPY Awards when Ronda Rousey won the award for Best Fighter, something that Floyd Mayweather was up for as well, she took another shot at Floyd being charged with domestic abuse. I can't help but, but really say that I wonder how Floyd feels being beat by a woman for once. <laughs> wow. I'd like to see you pretend to not know who I am now. Wow. Yep. I'd like to see how he feels being beaten by a woman for once. I'd like to see how... uh like to see how... Uh, like to see him pretend he doesn't know who I am now. Sorry, we just started periscoping and it's distracting. I don't know if I can I can keep I, I don't know if I can get with this. It's a little unsettling have it going you're on. You're distracted. In the background. Listen in the background. to you on mine. Oh, oh you're oh, watching me on Periscope? You're watching me on Periscope? Y- yes, oh, yes I am. I, the delay's driving me crazy. Maybe this was a very bad idea. Funkhauser, uh if you haven't figured it out yet, is in a different place than I'm just um, on the other <laughs> side of the camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Joel McHale made jokes about Ronda Rousey and Bill Cosby. That was good. And UFC champion Ronda Rousey, who is here tonight, maybe the most dominant athlete in all of sports. Ronda's knocked out more women than Bill Cosby. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I misspoke. I meant Dr. Bill Cosby. What's the other thing on ABC that's all edgy now? Like, it's surprising. No one can believe it's on ABC. I'm having a hard time. I'm drawing a blank. But ABC's Disney. You know, it's it's, uh, family fun. It's fun for the entire family, or at least in theory it is. And uh, uh, Joel McHale getting on and making date rape jokes about Bill Cosby on a a very watched award show on ABC. It it makes it seem as though uh, the mouse is lightening up a little bit, doesn't it, Funkhauser? Oh, I don't know. I guess so. I'm I'm, I'm watching you on, on Periscope. So. See, it's distracting. <laughs> Put the Periscope away, Funkhauser, or our show will go rapidly down the toilet. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. But, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner accepted the Arthur Ashe Courage Award at the ESPYs last night. Talked about young people still coming to terms with their sexuality. Uh, she was introduced by U.S. women's soccer star Abby Wambach and... Although some of Caitlin's speech was personal, like when she thanked her mom and her kids and Diane Sawyer, she spent a lot of time speaking on behalf of young people coming to terms with sexual identity. She said, quote, I can see how people are driven to suicide because you don't want to deal with life anymore. I came to a revelation out of all the things that I've done in my life. Maybe this is my calling to take my struggle and throw it out in front of the world. Maybe I can bring understanding on this subject. It's time to, to it's time to try my best. And she said, if you want to call me names, make jokes, make jokes, doubt my intentions, go ahead, because the reality is I can take it. But for the thousands of kids out there coming to terms with being true to who they are, they shouldn't have to take it. This is an interesting one. And, and this is what I've said numerous times about Caitlyn Jenner. A uh, bit of an opportunistic tart. Not the greatest man in the world and now not the greatest woman in the world. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that um, I just find him to be not that awesome of a dude. 
self-centered, narcissistic. Now, I mean, I would imagine that if you go through your life uh, suffering from gender dysphoria, then there's a very good chance that you could spend a lot of time in your own head thinking about yourself, what things mean for you on a regular basis. But um, in this particular instance, I think he's kind of a D-bag. Or she was, he was kind of a D-bag, and now she is an opportunistic tart, was the way it was described to me by a friend of mine. A friend of mine who, um, he was just like, yeah, you know, um, this is not that big a deal. But the thing is, it is. It is a big deal, for exactly the reason Caitlyn Jenner said. And while she might be an opportunistic tart, while we might doubt her intentions, while we might doubt the moral fiber of her character... Drawing attention just just by shining a light on the the lives of people that deal with the sense that they are trapped in the wrong body, that they were born to the wrong sex. It's something that's very rare. I mean, it's really, really rare. So not a lot of people have a lot of personal experience with it. Chances are you haven't experienced this and it's still a really reasonably slim chance that you've ever met anyone who's experienced this, that you've ever had a friend or a family member that went through this. It's not a common thing. It's quite rare. But as we've said many times on this show, if you look at the, uh, the rate of attempted suicide and you break it out by people's sexuality, straight guy or girl, I think it's something like 4%, 4% of us that are straight will attempt suicide at some stage in our lives, pretty small number. If you're gay, that number jumps up, jumps up exponentially. If you are, uh, if you are transgender, if you are someone that suffers from gender dysphoria, where you feel like you should be in someone's body and you question not only your sexuality, but your sex, that number jumps up to a whopping 44%. I think it is 44% of the people that deal with this have or will attempt suicide at some stage in the game. So just by virtue of the fact that just by virtue of the fact that there's some understanding being brought into this situation, maybe that number can be chipped away a little bit. Maybe we can chip away that number a little bit and maybe um, Caitlyn Jenner does have a calling and a purpose in this particular arena. Is she the best? most well-balanced person to be the spokes model for <laughs> for transgender getting a sex change gender reassignment no probably not but you know she's the most visible one we have at the moment and if she can actually do some good well that's awesome it's a lot better than being a coattail rider on a kardashian reality show and it has to be a little bit more satisfying for caitlin than uh, being a coattail rider on a kardashian show uber <laughs> Uber's become this big issue. Uber's become an issue in the 2016 uh, election. Candidates can't seem to stop talking about it. Hillary's been attacking the company. Republicans support it. Do you have any thoughts either way, Funkhauser, on Uber? Do you use it regularly? I used it this past weekend, and it was uh, pretty fun. It's a good way to meet people. Your drivers are more conversational than taxi drivers. It's it's all right, but, I mean, it's hard to regulate. Uh Uh-huh. That's the scary yeah. thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's laissez-faire capitalism at its finest. I have a car. I want to drive people and get money doing that. You know, it's just like that is that's, you know, old school. And that is, like I said, it's Reaganomics, laissez-faire capitalism at its finest, the free market in action. But you're right. It does raise some very interesting questions. And it's crazy. You know, to own a medallion, to be a cab driver in New York City. I think the cost of a medallion, which is basically like your license, it has to go on a cab, like the physical medallion. Oh, it's has not to that thing they cab. wear around their neck, really big. No, body. no, that's a, that's a whole other thing. It's just like, hey, you know, it would look really great creep peeping out from a thicket of <laughs> of Armenian chest hair, <laughs> some gold. Uh but yeah, being a uh, being a, being a cab driver, you got to have one of these things called a medallion, and it's basically a license. And a medallion is like buying a house. It's an investment. It's something that you pass down to your kids. It's like $350,000. So you have cab, driver, cab drivers that have been slaving away for years and years, and all of a sudden Uber and Lyft come along. They're like, yeah, no, we don't need that. Oh, you've been making payments on it for how long? <laughs> it sucks to be you. It's an interesting one. National Review's Jim... Girthy, <laughs> his name sounds like Girthy. Uh, he must be a hit with the ladies. He wrote down, who foresaw Uber as being one of the big defining issues of 2016? In Hillary's big economic speech, she attacked Uber, saying that she, if elected, would crack down on companies like them who exploit employees by misclassifying them as contractors and thus steal their wages. Hmm. Meanwhile, this Thursday just gone by, or, or this Thursday coming up rather, today, Jeb Bush, uh, I think he's planning on hailing Uber during a uh, visit to San Francisco where he's going to talk about the importance of innovation and fostering disruptive technology to create high-paying jobs. And Scott Walker, you know, a guy who uh, thinks he has a shot from Wisconsin. Scott Walker recently signed a bill into law that creates statewide standards for rideshare companies like Uber and Lyft. The new law prohibits any local ordinances governing rideshare or ride-hailing companies. Instead, what's going to happen is the companies are going to be required to purchase a $5,000 state license. And they're going to be required to conduct driver background checks and also maintain liability insurance so yeah i mean i guess liability insurance that's a good thing but wouldn't it be now are the drivers going to be required to maintain liability insurance like say you get into a car with someone and they drive off down the road and they get into an accident and you're in the car and you wind up in traction who pays the hospital bill in this instance is it their insurance company is it your insurance company? I don't know. I know when I go uh, go away somewhere and I have to rent a car, pretty often uh, my car insurance will cover any eventuality that happens in that car. And I'm never sure, so I always purchase the supplemental insurance. And I always want to call my insurance company, but whenever I fly in somewhere, inevitably I wind up landing really late and I can't get anyone on the phone. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, sure, give me the supplemental collision for a couple of days. That'll be fine, whatever. Whatever, but um, yeah, in that particular instance, I don't know who, uh, I don't know who covers it. And I guess that's why Uber, I suppose, I don't know. I don't know if Uber needs regulating. I don't know if Uber and Lyft and ride sharing stuff needs regulating. I, I think perhaps 
you should know what you're getting into, though, when you get into a car. I mean, if you're going to have an agreement, hey, I'm going to give you money and you're going to take me somewhere, you have the right to know what's going on. There should be some sort of disclosure. And the decision, I think, and this truly is laissez-faire capitalism at its finest, the decision, I think, should fall to you in terms of whether or not you're going to get in the car and be taken somewhere by this person. You make the decision. You know, you figure it out. You find out what their insurance is. You figure out who's paying for it if you wind up in traction, if they are not driving the way they should or if someone else is not driving the way they should. And should that be readily available to you when you uh, open up the app? Yeah, you should probably have driver profiles. Oh, look, look, I'm just solving all the ride-sharing apps problems in like 30 seconds at the tail end of my show. Me for president. Definitely me for president. <laughs> Roy Shelton and his wife tweeted us back. <laughs> uh, we noted that uh, Maggie Shelton, Roy Shelton's wife, is entirely too hot for him. So therefore, he must have quite a personality. Maggie Shelton says, all he has is personality. To which Roy replied, personality is all I need. It's true. You got you to say I do. Uh, go on with your bad self, Shelton's. Have yourself an awesome weekend. We'll be back on Monday. We'll do it all over again. Later. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.